This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? Welcome to the Lake Superior Podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara. We are made stronger by story, and there's no better source than the continent's largest body of fresh water, Lake Superior. So join us as we highlight the five national parks that ring this greatest of the Great Lakes, meet the people, tour the places, and learn about the projects that make these parks and body of water so remarkable. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara. Welcome once again to the Lake Superior Podcast. Today, Frida, somebody that I know you're very excited to talk to, and I'm actually excited to get to know a little bit. Uh, it's Stephanie Pearson. Tell us a little bit. Well, I met Stephanie when we were planning to go to the Apostles, and I am just in love, Walt, Mm -hmm. not only because she's a writer of the outdoor topics that just get my heart pumping and and just get me so excited, but she also has such deep, deep knowledge of outdoor equipment. She gets to do a lot of things about uh, gear reports for Outside Magazine and other places, so we're talking to the real deal today, (laughs) let me tell you. Well, Stephanie Pearson is joining us now. She is a writer uh, based out of uh, Duluth. Uh, Well, welcome uh, to the Lake Superior Podcast, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's actually going to be fun. I think we've got a good chat here ahead of us. Um, outdoor writing. I mean, this is uh, could be a very wide-reaching, big topic. And the question is, is how did you get to becoming an outdoor writer? How did your life take you on the path to do that? It's kind of a funny story. I I grew up in Duluth, and it, it's, it was an outdoor city back then. I grew up at, on a dead end street and would cross country ski and um, do a lot of different things throughout the year, but I, I didn't travel much. And my parents had a subscription to travel and leisure magazine. And when I was in high school, I decided that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so I wrote to the editor of travel and leisure magazine and I asked her how to get a job like hers. And um, she actually wrote back to me and and told me, she, she gave me a prescription. She's like, this is what you need to do. And so I sort of put that on the back burner. And then I was a guide up in the boundary waters throughout college. And I went out to ski in Colorado and went to graduate school. But, but then I remembered, well, actually before graduate school, I remembered that she told me I needed to go to a good graduate school and then I needed to get a good internship. And by that point, I, I decided to apply to one graduate school. And if I got in great, and if I didn't, I wouldn't go and I'd just stay skiing in Colorado. So I got into graduate school and then by then the only magazine I really wanted to work for was outside magazine. And right as I graduated from um, school, they were moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a place that I had always wanted to live. So I got an internship, which led to a job, which I'm still a contributing editor at outside. Um, so that's been my, really my career path. And um, in more recent years, I've been doing more work with National Geographic and some other publications. Those two 
Those two magazines, those are the ones that hang around. Mm-hmm. I think I've got outside magazines in my house from the 80s or some. I mean, it's, it, and, and of course, we know how deep the subscriptions can go on, on National Geographic. But working for those banners, that's just got to be a dream come true. I mean, pinch yourself that this is your life. <laughs> I do pinch myself. It's it's been a good run. Um, it, you know, it, it seems almost as though it was divinely inspired, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. I mean, I just I I was on one hand very un unfocused. I was a geology, philosophy, religion, mm-hmm. and English major in college. But then, you know, I I really wanted to do this, and I just somehow it was the right timing and circumstance and luck and I just followed the path and it's hmm. it's been sort of difficult in, at times um, but it's uh, it's been a good run for sure. We're talking with Stephanie Pearson who's an outdoor writer based uh, in Duluth. Let's talk about that a little bit Stephanie. You are you are based in Duluth. You live there. It's a good home base for Lake Superior and have you had many assignments concerning Lake Superior about Lake Superior? Tell us about that. Well, I moved back to Duluth. I grew up in Duluth, and then I moved back to Duluth after living in New Mexico um, in 2016. And and when I moved back, it was interesting because when I when I grew up in Duluth, I didn't have much access to Lake Superior. As you well know, Lake Superior is a very hard hard body of water to interact with. And my family didn't have a big boat, and I spent most of my recreation time in the Boundary Waters and on our family's place in Northern Minnesota. And so I I really felt like I didn't know Lake Superior. So I pitched to outside a story about, about Lake Superior and wanting to understand it better. So, so that idea was to circumnavigate the lake, you know, via car and camp along the shoreline and go around the whole lake, but get out on the water with as many different kind of people as I could. So I went out with fishermen who'd been fishing for two decades. I went out with some scientists from the Large Lakes Observatory. I went out um, exploring the coastline of Puckasaw National Park with some park service park rangers up in Canada. I went out with a sailor who actually sailed from Lake Superior down to the Caribbean um, up in Canada. And then I ended that trip, as I circumnavigated, I ended that trip uh, in the Apostle Islands doing a, a kayaking trip in the Apostle Islands. So, so that was really my, my big story. Um, and, and that ran and outside in, I think 2017. Um, but other than that, I've, my, my story writing about Lake Superior has been pretty limited. Most of my writing has been more international travel. So I feel, I feel happy to be home and writing about Lake Superior. No kidding. But when you have that international umbrella at your desk, all of these experiences from all around the world. And then you get to come back home and tell that story. That's from, you know, I already used the word real deal here, but it's just so neat, Stephanie, that when you got that call to do this Nat Geo story, the the 21 expedition, um, and I know we we really don't know exactly when that story is going to land yet, but can you tell us a little bit about just getting that call and having that assignment land on your desk? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a thrill. I, I, my editor, I, I've done some stories with the, the editors, the travel editors specifically at National Geographic, and they knew that I had returned to Duluth and that, that 
Apostle Island story started with David Gutenfelder, the photographer for National Geographic, who had lived abroad for 20 years and recently moved back to Minneapolis. And and he was working with the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation to take some photos of the Apostle Islands. And he showed them to his editor at National Geographic. And they were actually, my editor said, you know, we just did not know how beautiful this place mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And so that's when they asked me to write the companion story. And that actually ran online last year. And from there, they decided to do a print story. And so that's when David and I, um, David's goal was to kayak all 21 islands, which Frida did with him, which is incredible. Um, It is, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and um, they, they didn't want the print story to necessarily be about that, um, kayaking adventure just because they had a couple of other stories in that genre so they wanted a a more fully sort of a broader story about the apostles which Mm -hmm. so i I spent some time kayaking um with david and unfortunately i frida wasn't on that part of the journey but um but then i i did a a number of other things in the apostle islands with um various people (laughs) Um, who know it well and love it. Without giving us too much away, you know, it's about the story. Are there maybe some of the more memorable stops, the people, the experiences on that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, oh my gosh, it's all, uh, it's all memorable. It's just, it's such an incredible place in so many ways. And I, I think it's very unknown. I mean, I, I, it, I, I think one of the things that is so interesting is how, people underestimate the Midwest and, and, you know, Lake Superior is one of the most powerful entities I've ever experienced. And, and just these people, um, who, you know, maybe they're, you know, starting with the Ojibwe, you know, there's still a lot of Ojibwe people who, whose ancestors were some of the first to arrive in this region. Um, and they still live right on the shore of Lake Superior. Um, and I, we met with some of those people, um, and, did some camping with some Ojibwe youth, which was really fun. Um, and then some people who in their, their, um, European descendants, they settled on the Apostle Islands and they still have some inholdings on the Apostle Islands before it became a, a park. So, so we sort of got their perspective and then also just the, the whole European immigration, you know, when the lighthouses and the industry started on the lake and all of that history and, and just the the way that the apostles has regenerated. I mean, it's been very logged over, and it's been quarried, and it's been farmed, and it's been grazed, and you know, it's it's regenerated itself, which is hmm. a pretty phenomenal story. We're talking with uh, Stephanie Pearson today on the Lake Superior podcast. She's an outdoor writer, talking a bit about the uh, story that'll be coming soon in National Geographic about the Apostle Islands and and that as a national, uh, as a national park. Um, you know, Stephanie, it's it's interesting. I'm hearing you talk about this. It's uh, when you talk about this in terms of the story. There seems like there's a lot. This is probably the the scope of this is pretty big. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I can't really delve too much into the details um, about it, but it, you know, the Apostles is just one of those places, like a lot of the national parks, where upon first glance you think it's a place to recreate, but then when you look closer at it, it's just got layer upon layer upon layer of history, and all of it is fascinating human history, and um, you know, just 
just how we interact with that history and how we recreate, you know, in a place like the Apostles, which is a very hard place to recreate. I mean, it's one of the easiest places to recreate on Lake Superior, but it's still a very um, dangerous place in a lot of ways. The average, you know, surface temperature of Lake Superior annually is 43.7 degrees, which, you know, you can't live long in that water if something happens. So, um, so it's a, it's an interesting place and it's a place to not be underestimated. (laughs) I have to do the crossover that happened. So Steffi and I, we had, I left and she took my part on, mm-hmm. on heading out and she was going to be doing one of the most difficult of the whole paddles. And we were going to go from basically where I came over was on a day when there was small craft advisories and we had the boat come in and say, uh, and this was the park boat came in because they were going to pick me up. They couldn't even take my kayak with them on the park boat because it would have just bounced into pieces. So that was really good. We, we got this, this friend Coop (laughs) and he's a, Uh, he's a character, isn't he Stephanie? Oh my gosh. If anybody's going to be commanding a boat on the Apostle (laughs) Islands on a small craft advisory day, you want Coop at the helm. Mm -hmm. But knowing that I was saying goodbye to her and she was going to then be paddling all the way to outer Island. And I, I wasn't there, so I don't have any firsthand experience, but I'm now asking Stephanie to kind of give us a little bit of what that paddle was like, because you did have to kind of wait for, as we were always saying, Lake Superior, she's the boss. So you wake Uh up in the morning and you go, what's the boss say we're going to do today? And you had to, yeah. You did did that Uh paddle. What can you share with us about that? Well, it, it, it's a it's a really intimidating thing to do. I mean, I like like Frida said. I mean, that's that's the best way to describe it. I mean, Lake Superior is the one and only boss, and if if she gives you a good day, it's possible. But if she throws out a bad day, um, it's it's not possible. And it's not only is it not possible, you're taking your life into your own hands. And and I think Frida had some experiences where you know, there might have been a differing of opinion on what, what was possible and what wasn't, which could have resulted in possibly um, the loss of life. So, so that's sort of the risk you take, and you just have to um, trust your companions and, and really have, you know, good judgment and stay put when the lake is, you know, telling you to stay put. Yeah, um, yeah it's just but but we ended up having an amazing day, and it was like pancake flat, sunny, just very, very ideal conditions, which um, just made it just a sublime experience. What's your like with the, with this particular adventure and doing this? What's your take home with the apostles? What what is sort of the thing that sticks with you, or at least you would maybe share with the folks uh, with us on the podcast here? What's your take home from the apostles? Well, I think there are a lot of um, iconic wildernesses in the United States and places that get a lot of attention, and people, you know, people travel around the world or across the country to see, you know, Yellowstone National Park or, um, you know, places like that. But I, I guess one of the things, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't that familiar with the Apostle Islands. It, it wasn't a place I recreated on in Lake Superior. I tended to go up the North Shore. And so 
even for me, it was really an awakening just to see what an incredible resource it was close to home, as well as how different it was from the North Shore of Lake Superior. And so I think it's just a good reminder to just, you know, take a closer look at your own backyard, really, and just, um, you know, revel in some of the beauty that's, that's nearby. And, um, you know, also just never to underestimate um, the Midwest. You know, I think I think people tend to have a Western focus or a coastal focus in this country, and I think there's just so much beauty to be had um, in in places you, you might not expect it. Stephanie, did you have a favorite island? Oh my! Um, <laughs> I know that's a bit. That's like saying you know, yeah. pick your favorite dessert. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know they they're all so different, Isn't and, that and that's crazy? the other fascinating thing. Yeah, they are from a historical perspective, from a geologic perspective. Um, I, I, I'd have to say there's a sand spit on outer Island that sort of curves into a, uh, it almost curves into a tail because of the way the water hits it, which it's a, it's a force of nature. And and David has taken a photo from the, from above and it, you can just see it just elegantly arc in the water. And, And that's a beautiful thing to see. And just, but, but I remember swimming off of a sailboat and, and I think it was Oak Island and we were, it was just this little formation and, and, and just to see the formation itself was was exciting, but then to actually swim up to it and to, to understand how large that formation was from the perspective of being in the water. And, um, you know, so, so just little experiences like that at a lot of different islands just made me appreciate all of them in, in their own way. And how about a favorite character? I, I have to admit that, I, I mean, I just love meeting lighthouse keepers and, and the folks that were at the fish camps, but I really want to go back and go to the University of Neil Houck. <laughs> I, I, I think, yes. and we're talking, Walt, about um, he was with us on the expedition and was certainly somebody that gave us so much information because he worked for the Apostle Islands for most of his career. And mm-hmm. I think that spanned three decades. Wow. And there really isn't a bird or a tree or even a, a moss or, or a lichen or a, a, a mushroom that's growing at the Apostles that he doesn't have a story to tell about it. So, I, And I think Stephanie's got some stories that she's learned from Neil as well. Yeah, his Neil is unmistakably just, I mean, his encyclopedic knowledge is uh, actually hard, hard to fathom, but, but there were so many people like him. I mean, scientists who knew, you know, where the last Arctic wildflower was on a particular Island or, um, you know, just the, some of the Ojibwe history that, that some of the elders could, could easily, you know, reach from, from their own memories. And, you know, just some of the, the, the people whose families had, have had inholdings, um, just for, for almost 150 years and just their, their extreme connection to the place. I mean, I, I can't say one person stands out, but I, I, I have a, a deep respect for everyone who has just devoted so much time and energy and love to this place. 
We're talking with Stephanie Pearson today on the Lake Superior podcast. She is an outdoor writer. We're talking a lot about this uh, adventure in the Apostle Islands. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, are there any other national parks that are on Lake Superior that maybe uh, are, are kind of something that piques your pen to get out there and maybe write about it? Tell us about that a little. Well, of the five, I've been to all of them, actually. Um, And all of them, I mean, the the Keweenaw is a a number of different properties. Um, But again, they're all so different. Um, I think Isle Royale is the the natural one because it's it's the least, at least as of now, it's the least visited national park in the lower 48. So that's always, you know, just such a such a wilderness in the middle of the lake, which is really exciting and with wolves and moose um, and, you know, other creatures and a lot of hiking trails, but the Grand Portage also, I mean, that was really a gateway to the interior of, um, you know, the, really the highway that, that, you know, Northern Minnesota wasn't, didn't have roads until after it became a state. So, you know, that's the way that they traveled. And, and Grand Portage was the gateway to that, to, to all those inland waterways, both for, you know, the Ojibwe and the uh, other um, groups who lived up there, as well as for the voyagers and people who followed. And that's where my family emigrated from Sweden. Oh, okay. um, so, so that holds a special place for me, too. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I want to ask you this, Stephanie. You mentioned at the beginning of our chat here that you were studying a lot of different things, wasn't it? Some like geology, of course, yeah. English, and then there was, was there some <laughs> theology or something in there like that? Yeah. Um, I just, this maybe is more of a esoteric question or something, but how is, or how does writing, outdoor writing, Lake Superior-based writing, or the other writing, how does that tie all that in together for you? Because, I mean, you are bringing all those elements together to make that happen. I mean, you're talking about things from a scientific angle. You're talking about things almost from a spiritual angle when you're out there. Uh, how does that all tie together when you put pen to paper? Huh. That's a great question. I've never been asked that before. I, I, I think, you know, one of, one of my, one of the ways I used to write for outside, like I went to, I went to Bhutan actually to meditate with a Buddhist scholar um, you know, so it was seeing the country through the lens of this Buddhist scholar who was very, um, very informed about, about what Buddhism meant to the country of Bhutan, but it was, it was a profile of the country within that lens. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would say Lake Superior is in some ways the same thing. I look at it as a very, um, as a very spiritual entity and I just see how the people revere it in, in so many ways. I mean, not, not just the not just the people who've lived around it for centuries, but, but, you know, people like Frida and, and yourself, and, you know, there's something greater than ourselves within it that we can't really fathom. And that's what I find so, so interesting. Yeah. I have to agree with you a hundred percent there. I just think that's from the writer's perspective. I mean, you've got the, the English, but you've also got a scientific perspective and the spiritual perspective. I think it helps, 
I would I would say I would tend to think it would help your writing become even more personal and interactive, maybe for someone or engrossing and compelling. I, you, you probably when you said what you said about like it's bigger than us, that's absolutely how Frida and I feel about the big lake and all of this around it and all of its history, but all of its science as well and all of its geology and that it keeps changing and it's different. And I guess that probably comes through in a lot of your writing, doesn't it? I hope so, but I don't know if I have the science brain that I'd like to have. Yeah, but you, you got an, you, you have an understanding of it, and I think that's the important part when it comes to telling the story to someone, and that that probably comes across uh, in in your writing. Um, with this particular work that you're doing, do you have a next assignment on the horizon that you're going to be tackling? Well, I'm sort of waiting to see what happens with COVID. I, um, you know, I've I've been in. Uh, you know, I've been abroad and things have gone wrong and I'm sort of not wanting to replay that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, uh, I, I have a book for National Geographic coming out in the spring. Um, it's called 100 Great American Parks and it's about the greatest American parks. So so that's coming up and I'm, I have a, a couple of other things in the works that I've had to put on hold as a result of COVID that, that I may resurrect um, pending. Um, I, I, t- I tend to, I tend to be sort of attracted to cold places. So, um, <laughs> that's my girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, okay. So if people want to find out about some of the pieces you've written, they want to find out more about what you have in the works, like this book and other things, what's a good way to find out more about your stories, uh, as, as Stephanie Pearson, the writer. Well, you can Google Stephanie Pearson and either an actress or a writer generally comes up, and I'm the writer. Okay. So um, it's stephanieannpearson.com. That's got um, a, most of my stories. I don't think all of them are on there. Um, or you can Google me on Outside Magazine because they have a um, – or or National Geographic has a, you know, a database too. Um, but my website is stephanieannpearson.com. Stephanie, this has been, I mean, this has been a really good chat. I'm looking forward to looking into some of your pieces and some of your work. And uh, also, like many of the people that Frida and I have spoken to of late on the podcast, there's a passion that comes across in our conversations. And that certainly has come through with you. And and I, I hope that that continues for years to come with, with your writing. Well, thank you, and thank you for for the time. I, it's been fun to talk with you and to talk about Lake Superior and the Apostles. That's Stephanie Pearson, outdoor writer. And, you know, Frida, I mean, I, I, I did want to mention that to Stephanie, that he's, a lot of folks we're talking to on the podcast here are very unique individuals and are also people that definitely have a passion for Lake Superior, the outdoors, but it's it's it's... It's it's like there's so much more to it, and it's been coming across, and it certainly did with Stephanie. You know, you and I have been journalists for a long time, and we could sense someone who's just out there getting the facts, or they're going to go and get the feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I found when I was working with Stephanie. She really knows. I mean, she's not afraid to get into that kayak, and she really blew it off in that podcast because the day of the small craft advisories when they were going to have to change their plans and to go from where they were at out to outer island that is a really long paddle many people will paddle the apostles they'll never make it to outer island Mm -hmm. and she just dropped into that group she was fine and dandy and you know a strong 
outdoors woman so that she can go and get the real story, not let someone else tell her about it, no, but she, actually go get it. She is the storyteller. And also the conversation then when it shifted over to that Lake Superior, she's the boss. Lake Superior is the boss. We love her. We respect her. I came across in Stephanie's words and many of the folks we've talked to on the podcast. And, of course, we have the national parks along the Lake Superior areas that you can go check out. And we encourage you to do that. We want you to take a look at what the national parks along Lake Superior have to offer for you because I think when Stephanie's pieces, if you read some of those, you'll get an idea of it. But really, it's if you can experience it in person, you really should. This this was a pleasure to talk with Stephanie. We thank her for her time, and that's going to do it for us on the podcast. We appreciate you going along for the ride with us as we're out and about on the big lake together. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Wara, and thanks so much for listening. The National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, NPLSF, is the only official nonprofit 501c3 fundraising partner of the National Park Service for all five U.S. National Park sites on Lake Superior. To learn more about NPLSF projects and programs, you can visit the website at nplsf.org or friend them on Facebook. I'm Frida Wara. And I'm Walt Lindela. Thanks for listening to the Lake Superior Podcast. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from?